Just wanted to apologize about the quality of the audio, but we have been recording all of our interviews through Zoom due to the current pandemic. As soon as things get better, we'll get back into the studios. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ella. We are here with an amazing guest. Very, very excited for today. It is my pleasure to introduce you to our guest. She's a dear friend of mine. Her name is Sharon Cox. And Sharon is a money coach, and she's also the founder of Money Dance, an organization where she coaches women to gain financial clarity and confidence. Sharon, welcome. How are you doing today? Doing great. Doing great. Very happy to be here. <laughs> so, Sharon, tell us, could you tell us a little bit about what it means, first and foremost, to be a money coach? How I uh, approach this work and what I'm wishing for every woman, well, for everyone, but I have a special focus on women, is that we can experience what I call financial well-being, my work. And I think most women have a sort of a sense in here that they know what financial well-being might look like and feel like. So that's what coaching is about, the way I see it. What drew you to become a money coach? Often what launches us, I think, into our life's work is a time or an experience when we don't have what we know is really important. And in my case, if it's financial, I had well-being, um, but there was a time in my life that I had two big wake-up calls because I maybe realized I didn't have financial well-being. And without that, um, so one thing was a divorce that sort of ended up with me upended. Um, and then the second was a professional crisis um, when I was the director of a school. Education was my first career before finance. And that also got me to realize that I was abdicating a lot of financial decision making to my board. And I realized that I needed to be the one that they needed to be responding to me instead of my responding to them. So that was another major thing. And those were the two sort of crises that launched me into realizing, you know, I need to figure out this financial stuff. I, I don't want the third shoe to drop. Is there ever a third shoe? I'm not sure about that. But <laughs> Hopefully we avoid it. Wake up calls, you know, I think we, we, we have them throughout our life. And then how do we respond? Sharon, you do a lot of work around the concept of speaking up about money. And that's one of the reasons why we were just so happy to be able to spend some time talking with you about that. Because when we're dealing with the issue of domestic violence, we've seen how economic abuse is a big component of domestic violence and, and one of the ways in which we have seen there that's directly related to a day-to-day -day lives is how do we show up? How do we speak up in terms of what we want and our finances? Tell us a little bit about the story. How did you end up focusing on that idea of speaking up about money? Well, again, it probably goes back to those two crises I mentioned because I wasn't doing speaking up for myself uh, in those cases, you know, abdicating that or just feeling I didn't have the confidence, the understanding. 
So um, I just knew that in myself. And I guess what I did was I looked around at other women, friends that I knew, um, and then just looking in, in a broader segment um, of women in general who were really not in their full empowerment because the financial, their economic situations they gave them the, the, the sense that they didn't have the power to speak up. And then what would they say? So it's, it was just sort of one thing layered onto another thing, onto another thing that kept them silent. So it was a matter of how do, how do we, and how do I be a part of, of a movement to encourage women to do that, to find that, well, empowerment is one with Ella. I mean, that is just one of the major, um, that's the flag that that's you're always waving. So how do we do that? It doesn't mean it's an easy task, but the first thing is, it seems to me as reminding women that they are deserving to have this well-being in their lives economically, and especially in difficult situations that women find themselves in. It takes a lot of encouragement, support, information, but it, so much of that has to, has to happen to start from inside. To say, you know, I'm worthy enough, I'm deserving enough to figure this out and I'm gonna find the resources to help me move along in that direction. Wow. You, were, you, you mentioned that this is something very common, and especially among women, right? That, that inability to speak up. So where, where does it come from? Oh, just breathe in the air. It's, <laughs> all, it's just all around us, and it was around every woman who was once a little girl, toddler, and whatever else. We just, we absorb so much from our primary uh, family. And upbringing, I mean, there's often a lot of emotion, um, and it's not always positive stuff that happens around financial and around money issues, um, growing up time. And so, boy, those messages really get soaked in. Even before we have language, you know, we absorb any kind of sort of the negative kind of emotions. So it happens a lot in the primary family. And you know, I've worked with women for many years and often in groups, I will say, do you feel that your upbringing uh, gave you the information that you wanted and you needed to allow you to really fully function as a, you know, economically as a grown up? And very, very seldom has anyone said yes, you know? My, my life growing up, I was given all those kind of messages that we, I would hope every young girl would have about they are capable, um, here's the way, this is what money is, this is how we deal with it, this is how we say whatever else, but often that isn't the message. So there's so much that happens within, within the home. And then when we go out into the world, you know, it's a very, Culturally, there's, of course, as we all know, I mean, there's just such a emphasis on money and being um, 
whatever, you know, fill in the blank. There's just a pressure to succeed in that way. And that is just very much a status thing and a worthwhile kind of sense that we see around us that people with money or who are smart about money somehow have, have the edge. And if I don't have the money, then what does that make? What does that make me? So institutionally, culturally, our, our upbringing, and women just in general, as we know, if it comes to the money that we're earning with our work, uh, which is often, of course, doesn't measure up to men's wages. There's a huge disparity, of course, around race, around ethnic groups and all of that. So it, it's, it's a wonder we know how to speak up at all, but sometime along the way, there are wake up calls to say, you know what? I can somehow find a way, even though my background isn't what sort of allowed me to blossom early, I can figure this out now. And yes, those, those, that is institutionally, that is culturally, that I, maybe I'm not expected to speak up, but that is something I too can, if not over, yeah, overcome, why not? <laughs> I mean, I thought yeah, that was too big of a word, but it is, but at least taking steps toward that. This is the I can practice speaking up, getting my feet under me, saying what it is that, asking for what it is, the information I need, saying what is my belief, my understanding, my truth. Yeah. So I think one of the things that I've, my message is, and I think this has just come sort of recently, is that it's not a personal failure if you're not speaking up for yourself around money and around your economic situation. It's not a personal failure because, because again, there's just so much that has been not expected. In fact, we've been pushed away from, you know, don't, don't worry about that, your pretty little head. So glad you touched on, on the piece of acceptance, right? Like if, it, if, we, if we see it as a failure, we're only perpetuating that aspect Absolutely. of the self-esteem that, that is related to that. But if we just accept it because we grow up in this environment, like there's a lot that we absorb that is not within our control. What's within our control is how we're going to take that thing we learned and how we're Absolutely. going to act. Yeah. And you know, I guess something else that just comes to mind when you're saying that is that we haven't had often the money mentors. I mean, I know that I sure didn't have it, and I don't know either of you, but um, seeing a woman who really did have financial well-being, you know, in the way that she, in the way the decisions that she made and the power that she had, and doesn't, and I'm not talking about the amount of money, but how she was, what we say is good with money, smart about money, about the decisions she made, the habits she had, and yeah, all of that. So that's another thing that we have to create our own. Being mentors and all that, figuring that out. And, and I just feel like what you do touches so many different issues that we have, you know, and it's, the tw it's 2020 and we're still not getting paid the same as men. Um, is there still women out there that believe that they shouldn't be the breadwinners? And especially like with domestic violence, when I, I was at a shelter 
all of the women there were just so worried about what is going to happen when I have to leave here because they grew up in a family where the dad did all, made, made all the money, the dad did all the finances, the mom had nothing to do with it. So they feel like I'm not going to be able to do it. And sometimes that's what drives them back to that abuser because that's all they know and they don't feel empowered enough. They don't feel smart enough. They don't feel like they're going to be able to do it on their own. And what you do is just so powerful and makes such a great difference, you know, and can potentially save lives. Yeah, that is the idea of it. That's the, the passion uh, behind that. And it is a long road for that woman, for those women that you were talking with, you know, in the shelter. There's no um, easy way toward that financial well-being, but there certainly are steps. And part of it is finding that kind of um, connection that women had in that shelter. And I would guess that there are resources that they can rely on when they do leave the shelter. But that is such a strong economic draw back to, and often that is in this situation, an abusive relationship. Yeah. Because until we can find, I you know, often say it's, um, it's know yourself and know your money. And when I say your money, it often, if you're a single woman, then it is your money. But if you are in a relationship, in a partnership, now it gets, there's a lot more moving parts. And of course, as we know, that can be a power struggle. Money's very, very powerful, both seductive and as a control mechanism when it's used can be used for good or not good. And many women experience the not good. And until we can find ways to truly um, handle our, our own money and know our own money, then we just have the opportunity to have a financial life that is much richer for ourselves, for our kids, for our other family members. I love how you're, you're getting to that space of family, right? Because if we don't, don't speak up about our money, what? Are our kids learning about money, right? Sometimes unconsciously. So we almost have a duty if we want to break those cycles of yes. negative financial management. Right. How do we do it when we are in a family? Well, it's, um, that was a big sigh, wasn't it? It's good. These are big topics, Mika. These are big topics. <laughs> Cheers. Let me yeah. <laughs> Well, how you do it in a family, it always begins, again, it's sort of with, with knowing, knowing yourself. And I think so much of whenever we step into something we don't feel really secure about, part of it is speaking to people who, now I'm not talking about necessarily the abuser, I don't want to step in, into that role, but other people, kids or the mom or the aunt or whatever else. But that's where the speaking up appears because you say, I don't understand this whole money thing. I know, but I know that I have to figure this out. And it, that's a part of, of opening that conversation. There is a taboo. There isn't, we're not supposed to talk about money, women in general. That's a broad statement, but to say that we, that there is that there is that taboo. So it's breaking that taboo, opening that conversation and saying, I don't know how I'm going to get there, but would you be one of the people that helped me explore this? How can I 
be economically confident enough so I don't have to stay in a relationship that I know is not healthy for me, for my kids. And just finding that, or someone that is a, a, trusted, a trusted resource. So it begins with a conversation. So a conversation and, and accountability. Finding those people that you can be accountable to. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of cultures just teach their girls that you have to get married to be financially secure or be stable. So instead of thinking about their future and what they really want to do, is they're thinking about who they're going to marry just so they don't have to worry about the money. So it's not teaching them about money and saying, well, you just have to find a good husband. And that's just not fair. Nope. It isn't so that we have to get a lot of messages out there because we, as we know, those, um, those marriages don't always work out, do they? Yeah. <laughs> that's why it's so we don't think about that's that. <laughs> away by, by the romance of it all, by, by all, all of those, those many messages. But you know, there's so much about, um, Let's see, I believe it's something like 40% of in this, um, quite a bit of research about do couples really talk about money before they get married? Ooh. And 40% of the cases, no, no. I mean, that is like the third rail. That is a, whoa, that is such a, <laughs> that is such a topic. So that's one of the best places to begin a money conversation. Yeah. And if you don't have what it takes to open that conversation with your intended, with your partner, yeah. Drop Sharon, what are some questions? You touched on something very big here. <laughs> what are some questions that you recommend all of us that it's a must ask question before you start a partnership with someone? What are some money related questions that you would say we need to ask? Well, you need to ask, but you also need to disclose. Ah, see? Mm -mm. see so what's mine is mine. What's theirs is mine. So <laughs> I don't want to see yours. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Because with that other person, you have your own money story over here that you've been living for years and years, and the confusion you have, or confusion you have around that, the clarity that you hope you have about that, but it's all yours in your head, right? Now you have somebody with their own money story. Whoa. Now, these are going to be very, very different conversations. So... It begins like a little bit, you know, I was suggesting when you talk to your auntie about, you know, I don't know everything I need to know about money, but I want to get better at this. So with your intended, it's like, whatever you disclose, whatever it is that you really feel strong and good about your money life, the decisions you've made, um, and the reality means actually, this is my bank account, this is my credit card account, this is my student loan, this is my whatever that is. Um, now, I think before this conversation, you sort of set, set the ground rules. I'm willing to fully disclose all of this because if we're going to have a life together, then it's going to include money. <laughs> That's not going to happen. So I want you to disclose all that, have a discussion, some ground rules around that because we know it's a hot topic. We're getting ready to have a life together. Share it. So... Is that something that you're a conversation you're willing to have? And if they say, 
honey, no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what do we do if they say that, Sharon? Should we just bye bye, or what do we do? <laughs> they say that. I could be wrong about that, but this is a conversation to move things forward. And if we want to stay right where we are, well, you know, then we get both to to both decide if that is the way we want it to be. But uh, yeah, tough, huh? I mean, that's the reality. That's a part of that. You know, just in speaking that, I can see it in both of you. It's like, yeah, I mean, that conversation, then you are, it's like you have your feet firmly on the ground. It doesn't mean that you've made every decision that was the right decision around money, but it means you're willing to speak that. So it's the strength, it's the kind of weakness, it's the goals that you have and what you see that you want for yourself and what you want in the relationship financially. Yeah you hope now for the other person. And I think like looking at actual numbers, I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus, but men tend to like have different idea of what security and being financially okay is. So if they could say, oh no, I'm doing great. And they have like $400 in their bank account, you know? So what is the actual numbers and what your plan is? Because <laughs> I can't just rely on you. Exactly. And the guy who says, I'm doing great. Yeah. And just most often with different ways that men and women look at money, deal with money and whatever else, that we would look at maybe the same amount and not think it's great at all. What would be some challenges that you would say you encounter doing your work? Challenges. Well, the biggest challenge is... Um, I mean, once I'm working with someone, we're working on the challenge, but I think it's always a matter of how do more and more women have, find the resources so they can have these conversations, so they can make these shifts and changes in their thinking, in their understanding about money and, and all that. Again, it's so, I think the challenge is getting women to ask for that support. It's asking, it's saying, yeah, I, I can figure this out with help. How important right. that having that support system and being open to say, hey, I need help. How are you in that front? Maybe we work on learning together, right? You're not necessarily Absolutely. talking yeah, about finding, paying for a support group if you yes. can't afford it, right? That's right. But you find a buddy, you find, you find a friend who you feel also someone that you respect and trust and can figure things out with because it's a trusting relationship. Say, let's, let's do this. Let's figure this out. Is this important for you to figure out? Gosh, it's so important for me to figure out too. Let's, let's find the information we need, the support we need. And you know with those two that there's, look around, there's probably so many other women as well. So finding small groups, and this is, I was going to say, when you're like, we're going to do, and I thought the money dance, we're going to do the money <laughs> dance together. So I think that's a perfect beginning to talk about what do you, what do you do through money dance? I find it so fascinating how you work with women and how you help them kind of get started on their own, but it's a sustainable model. Could you tell us a little bit more about it? The money dance and the work you do through the money dance? You know, the way, the way I look at this is it's, helping um, 
women be aligned. And I think about like about four different elements. And one is uh, head, I mean, sort of, you know, your thinking, your self-talk, all of that. So helping women get clarity about sort of what their money story is and what it is that they think that, what, what they think about money, what they feel about money, some of their history and whatever else. And having that lined up with the heart, which is around values. I mean, what are the values in your life? And those things need, sometimes you hear that, that's the longest distance in the world is the 18 inches between your head and the, head and the heart. Be aligned. And then the other elements are the actual money. And again, it doesn't, it's not all, we all, we all think if there was more money, our problems would be solved, right? But it's really about how you take care of the money you have and understanding how money works. So that's the third element. And the fourth element is time. And that is something that is always moving along. So we have to understand how to make the most use of time with our money to move us into the future, because it's all about future to get to move out of that relationship that you shouldn't be in, or not to get into the relationship that you shouldn't be stepping into, because again, there's not financial openness and honesty, you know, around that. So lining up those four elements, and it happens very organically with any issue that a client brings. You know, whatever it is, it involves all of those elements. And when you get all those lined up, I mean, that is, you know, I call, I call it the money dance way, but it is having a, a full money life. And it's one that has some peacefulness in it, understanding for yourself and for others. Yeah, I don't know if that got it exactly, but that's the way, that's what I'm, I'm looking at and clients are looking at. And it is the accountability piece. Everybody needs a little bit of that, especially when it comes to money. Yeah, yeah. And again, you can, you can involve your friends in that too. How would you recommend, like, you do a lot of work around groups, right? Groups of women. Mm -hmm. So for people that are listening and they might be in a situation where they have identified that there's a lot of things that, that are stuck, right. that they need to start voicing in mm -hmm. terms of money. Yeah. How do you recommend we do that? Start, we start doing that with our friends. Well, you know, you have just one person that says, okay, Let's get five of us together, come <laughs> over to my house, you know, bring a bottle of wine, whatever, I'll serve coffee, whatever that is. And just say, let's, let's sit and really get real and talk about our money lives and maybe what could be better and how we can support one another in doing that. And then inviting someone, maybe a financial professional, maybe just someone, again, that we said, there aren't always those money mentors out there and models, but maybe there's a woman who is, you know, and someone says, oh, my aunt, you know, she has this, she has this figured out. And I think she would sit and talk with us. 
And there are all kinds of financial professionals who I think would be very, very happy to say, you know, could you, could you sit with us, of course, now these days? I don't know when people will be listening to this podcast, but, you know, we're in the, the time of the, of the pandemic. And so this can even be done via Zoom. And in some ways, maybe it would feel safer for some people to open this sort of scary conversation about money. And That's a very good point. Yeah. Why don't we take advantage of this time and start those conversations? Right. And then if we don't like them, we can zoom out of the conversation. We're like, okay, bye. <laughs> Leave meeting. Yes. Yeah. Sharon, could you share a little bit about what gives you the most joy about the work you do? That's really easy. It's when my clients become their own money coaches. It's when they're, what I say, when they're doing the money dance. They've, they've internalized the, the habits, the self-talk, their, their goals. They know what they want. They know that they're moving toward that. And they don't keep it to themselves. That, that's the joy of it, sort of seeing that. And it's not just for themselves. They're not figuring out just for themselves. It's for, you know, their kids. Or so they have enough confidence to talk to their elderly parents. But... Um, Often ones with clients, we need to talk about that, you know, it's okay financially. Is there something that you need to understand or know to help them before? Again, that, that's sort, sort of another topic, but I guess it, it is about that speaking up. How much can they share what they understand and know, what they've learned in the coaching relationship? Move that out into the world within their own families and with the organizations, the communities they're a part of. Yeah, kind of like pass it on to the next person. Pass it on, right. And especially for us with kids or grandkids and, or, or, and parents, um, it go, goes both ways because economic realities, yeah, are there always. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so much for us to absorb and really start looking within and identifying how, I love how you put it, those two questions. If, if we, just to get started, how can I improve my money life, right? And how can other people around me help me do that? And like, how can I help them? I think those yes. are two very beautiful and simple steps that we can all start being conscious of and practicing them in, in our day to day. I was going to ask you about how can people learn more about your work? How can people find you? Go to my website, but I'm not on social media. I know it's, it's like, who isn't on social media? That may, that may change, but you just have to go to my website. Sorry, you're not going to find me on all these other wonderful platforms. <laughs> Um, so but you do have your website. What is it? It's the, the money, money dance. dance. You can remember that one. Dot com. That's it. That's it. So that's the way that you find me. And um, again, I work with individuals and small groups. Um, and I think that's going to be happening online. And that's something that I haven't done previously. But why not? Amen. Why not? We're here to help yes. you out. Anything you yes. need. So you find me and I'm always willing to give a complimentary 30-minute phone call. Absolutely. Any, anyone who wants to call.
they have 30 minutes of my time. Oh, that's beautiful. That's really, really sweet. Yeah, we really, really appreciate you, Sharon. I'm thinking before we start wrapping up, what message would you share for those, those women, those people that, you know, they're, they're, they're not feeling confident about their ability to deal with money. They, they feel confused. They don't know where to start. What would be your message for them? You know, the message is that as a woman, you have already come to this point in your life that you have to have overcome some obstacles and challenges. It, it, it just comes with being a woman. It comes with being a person, but especially as being a woman. So there are so many of those challenges that you have met, maybe not all of them successful, but boy, you gave it, you gave it your all because you know the life that you want to lead and you're willing to put the effort and the intensity into making a better life for yourself and the people that you love. I guess it's just, even though the economic piece may seem to be the most daunting issue in your life, to say that that is something you can also move toward overcoming, that you can also move toward that not being that big, ugly thing that's, you know, weighing you down, that you can name it, look at it, and to say, this too, I can figure this out. I figured out tougher things in my life, and I can do it, I can do it with support. I know I can, so it's just finding that little spark that's alive in, in, in every woman. It just gets smothered sometimes. So finding a way to, you know, get your feet under you and sort of step up to that. Even if it's talking to the mirror, you talking to you. It's a real good place to start. Absolutely. Well, you guys heard it here. Head over to her website, talk to her. She has so many good ideas and Great advice. Yes, how special, Sharon. Thank you so much again for your time. It has been such a pleasure to have this conversation with you. And to the beautiful people listening to this, we send you all our love and know that you are capable, you are worthy, you're smart, you are badasses. And this money issue, we're going <laughs> to do our money dance together. Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, thank you so, so much for your time. And You're it was welcome. So, so wonderful meeting you and learning about what you do. And it's, it's amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Maria, both of you. So we're going to say bye-bye to our audience. We love you okay. very much and see Good. you soon. Bye. Ready or not, here I come. You can't hide. Gonna find.